Hello, this is April Sadowski, creator of Lady From Day, here with our Douglas Barbieri, who voices many characters in the production. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me on the show here. Or thanks for the interview, I swear. Yeah, you're welcome. I guess this is sort of like a show, right? Yeah. It's the behind-the-scenes interview show. Ta-da. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like what you do during the day, since you obviously aren't a student, like most of the actors in the production, and what got you uh, started into voice acting? I'm a, a software engineer, and that's what I do uh, during the day. I write software, computer programs, that sort of thing. Uh, I have a, uh, a company of my own I do a lot of consulting with. We also sell some of our own software. It's called Made to Order Software. Just me and one other partner, we do <clears throat> lots of stuff. I got interested in uh, vocal acting. Actually, <clears throat> I have a kind of a small background in theater uh, when I was in high school. And okay, this is going to make me sound like a freaking dinosaur, but I graduated from high school in 1983, to give you an idea. When I was born. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old man. Um, <clears throat> What's that you say, young whippersnapper? Back then, like I said, I had some uh, background in theater, and I took a class called TRAM, Television, Radio, and Movies, and it was a class that my drama teacher was offering at, you know, at the high school. Uh, it was one of the best classes I ever took. Anyway, so you could see that it, since the name Television, Radio, and Movies, radio was a part of it. We actually did a radio show, kind of making, you know, uh, an homage to the George and Gracie thing. Well, it was really sort of a ripoff of the George and Gracie, you know, and Alan, that's, you know, say goodnight, Gracie, goodnight, Gracie, you know. There was a couple, you know, each of the students had to fill a part, and I had to do an old man, and I did such a convincing voice that my drama teacher was, like, really surprised. He's like, that doesn't even sound like you. Uh, and I kind of forgot about that. You know, I kind of, you know, got out of the class um, and uh, uh, sort of dropped being a thespian. I just really didn't do much with the theater at all. If it weren't for like, I mean, my only artistic outlet was music up, you know, for many years. Anyway, I recently discovered the vocal art, uh, or sorry, the vocal, uh, uh, what's it called, VAA, the, the site. Uh, vo yeah, Voice Acting Alliance. Thank you. I don't say the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. The Voice Acting Alliance and uh, really gotten into a lot of production. Uh, I've been in a lot of uh, audio plays now. I really love doing it. But uh, I had basically got started because... I used to hang out a lot on a site called Radio Rivendell, where uh, uh, they play a lot of fantasy music. It's, it's actually an internet radio site. And they have a forum, and a fellow by the name of Joe Harrison posted an advert on one of the forums saying, looking for voice actors. He was writing his own sort of homage to uh, Lord of the Rings. And it's called uh, Age of the Swords. And they actually, basically, he, 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 he uh, uh, cast me as the narrator in, in this play, and it's really big. And he introduced me, he, he, he also does stuff on the side. He does a lot of uh, uh, Star Wars uh, audio dramas. And uh, there was a site out there called StarWarsFanWorks.com that he was heavily involved in. He met a guy on that site who uh, was doing a, 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 a Star Wars play. And he says, hey, Doug, why don't you audition? He could use somebody else. So I auditioned, he cast me. And then the guy's name is Bill Simpson. He said, hey, Doug, can you go out and, and post that you've posted an interview on the vocal on, on the voice acting alliance site i said sure and that's how i discovered the site i'm like man look at all these uh great uh, 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 uh casting calls that are out there it's like oh this is really neat and, and anyway i wound up auditioning for lady from day and that's how i met april smith so that's the long uh sorted tale yes 
when I was a Smith. When, well, yeah, sorry, April Sadowski. <laughs> yeah, you know, people change their names on me and I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and it's not a divorce. It's the opposite. It's happy. What's it? <laughs> It's happy. No, it's a good thing. <laughs> a very good thing. Uh, at, least, at least you can pronounce it correctly. My last name. Am I saying it right? Yes. Sadowski. Okay. Well, actually, I have to do it because I'm doing the previously on Lady from Day. Yes. You know, Lady from Day isn't, you know, But you only have to say work. it once. I only have to say it once. I only had to say it once, and once it was done, you just copy okay. it over and over again. I noticed that you and your family are big into playing dress-up, as it were. And for those who don't know, they have themed costume parties. Have you planned a Lady from Day costume party? <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, seriously. Um, you do listen to the production with your family, and your daughter Ashlyn also has the role of a gore-like child. How important is it for you to be able to share projects with your family like that? Oh, it's 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 really important. In fact, uh, uh, we'll go on road trips, and that's why I always request uh, to get the MP3 file from you from all the releases, so I can put it onto a CD. Because basically, when we're on road trips, that's the time when you need to be able to listen to something. And Lady from Day is perfect for that kind of thing because it's basically a book on tape, if you will, or a book on CD. Um, so uh, uh, you can uh, while away the hours listening to these productions. So uh, it, it's, it is pretty important, actually, to me. Yeah, you're not the only one, actually. Uh, Stephen Cohen, who writes uh, the Broken Sea Audio's Doctor Who series, he yes. had his daughter listen to some, and then mm. she made him clear off all the music on his iPod and put my production on there so she could listen to it on her way to New York. That's cute. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's cute. So, unfortunately, to... he couldn't listen to any of it, which is the, the whole idea for letting her listen to it so they could listen to it together, but that didn't work out because she, she confiscated the iPod. Well, that's a perfect time to have an audio play like that on a long flight. You can just lose yourself in this great story. So. Well, on the plus, he his girlfriend has a nine-year-old son, so <laughs> that always ah. works, too. Yes. Yeah. It's not just for girls. <laughs> <laughs> There's fights in war. There is. Really. Honestly. Yes, there will be. And it's not really anything surprising. I mean, goodness, it's a fantasy novel. There has to be. Well, the, the um, I mean, just because it's fantasy does not necessarily make it girls only. Uh, in fact, uh, if you think about the kind of language that's in uh, you know, Lord of the Rings, um, it's got a huge male following. So, yes. and this is, uh, you know, Lady from Day is just, uh, you know, steeped in all this great prose. So, if you like that, if you're into uh, prose and uh, really nice writing, oh, well, you know, Lady from Day is, you know, it's for it's for you. Yeah. Speaking of a large male cast, you take up a lot of it. You play the innkeeper, heiress, the castle servant, the credit voice that we were just talking about, Lucian, a Gorlag, and the narrator. Do you ever get second thoughts about auditioning for so many characters? Granted, I drafted you for some of them. Well, no, I, the thing about it is, is it, I think you might be overstating it slightly because I think about a part like uh, Rowan, you know, or Siegfried, and those are actually very big, or even Leah, although she hasn't been narrating uh you know uh, uh 
few episodes now since I've been sort of taking the mantle over. But uh, 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 those parts I consider to be huge. What you've given me actually are just a few lines here and there. So Eris, it's like, um, you know, he says like, what, one thing, you know, uh, um, you know, take this, be careful not to move too much, you know, and, and I mean, that's his line. Well, okay, later on, he does have a few more lines, but it's like, you know, one paragraph kind of thing. You know, the castle servants, a few lines, uh, the credit voice, you copy a lot. So all I have to do is previously on uh, and then save somebody else's name. And uh, now the narrator, that's a little more sizable and that does take a bigger chunk. Um, but the rest of things, even Lucian was a small role. So uh, um, I don't have a problem because I can keep up with it. You're not really giving me that much. So well, it's good for you because you have the Age of Swords thing, which is massive. Now that's true, and that that right there, I mean, the, the narrator part plus in the part two, he he actually casted me, cast me in a um, a fairly sizable role as well. Uh, in addition, is uh, Grimble. Basically, he's like a Gandalf knockoff, you know, Grimble the the, the wizard. Uh, and so I've got quite a few lines there. Um, not as not as much as the main characters, but still, yeah, it's a it's a lot. So, but uh, really, I mean, I'm not afraid of taking on a big part anyway uh, because. It's what I love to do. So, well, speaking of uh, taking on big parts, there's an open casting call right now. Or book three. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. FYI, <laughs> for those listening. <laughs> hint, hint. <right laughs> okay, well, I'll I'll take a look. <laughs> Do you do a lot of planning before you record to make the character sound so unique and different so there's a distinction that, you know, it's obviously not you doing them all? What's funny is I kind of, okay, I basically uh, every night before my wife and I go to bed, I basically read Harry Potter to her. And Aww. so as I'm reading it, I literally am jumping from voice to voice to voice, and I'm always seeking to find unique sounding voices um so you know you've got a crowd you got a room full of people speaking uh even just minor characters that show up once i try to come up with something unique so no actually i don't do a lot of planning i just kind of wing it now there was one voice actually where i wound up having to do a lot more than i realized and that was because i did um uh uh the innkeeper and, uh, uh, which actually you did, yeah, you did mention, okay, the innkeeper. Yeah, um, he's important. And he's got a name. Yes. He, what's that? He has a name now. He does? Yes. He does? Yes. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> I can't no, wait to hear it. Yeah, you, you'll have to read. I'll, you've got I'll lines read. coming up. Right on. Um, anyway, I did an audition for you. I sent it in, and I just, off the top of my head, did it. And then you said, oh, I want to cast you in that. And I'm like, oh, my God, how do I do that voice again? <laughs> that happens sometimes. And I sat there and agonized for, you know, I'm, I think, you know, maybe like a half an hour just trying to get it right. Going back and, no, that's not it. I go back and listen to the audition take and, oh, no, okay, it's a little more like this, a little more forward. And, you know, so that, that one actually, interestingly enough, took a lot more kind of, working my way into it. And, and I threw, I throw away a lot of takes sometimes because it's just, it's not hitting the mark. I'm like, nope, that's not it. It's kind uh, of got like and, a hint of Scottish in there. What's that? It's got a little hint of Scottish. It kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I find he's, Scottish he's, uh, and Irish very hard to pull off. 
Yes, those are very difficult accents, both of them. And that's why I had to kind of work my way. Every time I do the innkeeper, I have to kind of work my way into him uh, because he's a little, little hard for me to just, I can't, it's hard for me to do it right off the top of my head. But, uh, you know, just listen to it a couple of times and kind of usually I'll do like a, the first take of lines and go, no, that's not it. Do it again. And I got it most of the time. But uh, Lucienne, I think I can bust out with the French accent anytime. That's not a problem. So. Yeah. Well, I also helped you with rewriting the script a little bit. Helped a lot. Helped a great <laughs> deal. Oh, the Ziz. <laughs> yes. Yes. What would you want Ziz for? Exactly. With the Z, uh, Z right? Yeah. So have you had any training other than high school for uh, different accents that you use in production? And reading Harry Potter to your wife? It's just... Um, it's more exposure, not training. Yeah. Like I never took a class. Um, although, boy, if I ever found a school that offered something like that, it would be a very cool class to have. Um, but mostly, it's just like I said, from exposure. Like uh, when I was a well, when I was a, when I was a, in high school in early twenties, I was just an avid Monty Python fan, um, and that's kind of where I I can do a fairly decent British accent because of just listening to, in fact, uh, I, I got cast in this, uh, well, I think we're both in the same, the same, uh, although I think it's a dead project. It's the, uh, James Bond game that yeah. the, the, you know, the video game that guy was making. Yeah. And, uh, it was funny. He changed the script on me and I, I did redid the lines. He's like, that doesn't sound as much as John, like John Cleese, like he did the first time. And he wanted me to redo it, you know, but, uh, you know, just from listening to that over and over again, I began to realize, hey, I can do these accents. And so... It's easy. Uh, pardon me? It's easy. Yeah, it's it it, once you get into it. The Reading the Harry Potter books has given me a lot and a lot and a lot and a lot and a lot of exposure of doing, you know, UK accents and stuff like that. So. I'm kind of the same way. You know, just watching TV, because obviously I haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> 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 well, I did travel. I did travel to England, and I did. Uh, I have traveled to uh, France and some other places in in Europe. Um, in fact, I spent about two months in France, which is probably why I can do such a good French accent. Um, but uh, uh, so yeah, I've I've actually I've, I've been to these places, but I've never been to Ireland. I'd love to go to Ireland or, or Scotland. Um, to give you an idea, but it's mostly from just watching cinema from the country in question in 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 that case like you know a lot of B bbc productions and that kind of stuff oh yes Tons. yeah absolutely <laughs> i i've been immersed in top gear torchwood doctor who and now the sarah jane adventures <laughs> yeah huh so, I, I i haven't had a chance to sit down and listen to the doctor who oh wait maybe that's not true i think i listened to one episode and it seemed like it was pretty good so on tv um, no, 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 no. You're, the production you're in. Oh. I, I, I believe I, I believe I listened to it, uh, and I have to admit I haven't I haven't had a chance to sit down and listen to White Carnation, but I've been cast in those plays as well. Yeah. Um, I did some interesting accents. I did a um, one that I, you know, kind of had one that I've kind of been afraid to try, but it was an African accent. So <laughs> she liked what I did. Uh, and you know, sometimes what's the funny thing about auditioning, and this is where it can be agonizing, is I'll audition and I'll learn to say the audition lines you know, perfectly in the accent. Then it's like, okay, here's your, you know, here's your ten paragraphs. 
<laughs> and it's like, oh man, how do I do that? <laughs> oh, it's either that or you audition for one and it's you, you've got the sound in your head and then another audition comes up with the same accent and then you completely lost it. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that can happen. So that's why it's good for me to keep my original, original um, audition MP3s around. Without that, I'd be sunk. <laughs> right back, hey, that wasn't the accent you did. What the heck? You know? Surprise. Surprise. Ha <laughs> uh ha. <-huh. laughs> so how do you feel about the story? About the, My the, story. the story of Lady from Day? Yeah. yeah. No, we're talking uh, about I the really we will. We will talk about the White Carnation because I'm going to be interviewing Randy Anderson, who plays Ooh. Mira. Oh, cool. Yeah. She. What part does she play again? Mira. Mira. Oh, she's Guard, Mira. Oh, god. She wow. is the guardian I, of Harper Wood. She's very important. She's, she's great. Yeah. Uh, I love Mira. She's awesome. Uh, okay, so how do I feel <laughs> about the story? Oh, I, 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 I love Lady from Day. It's great. Um, I like, like I said, I think I mentioned earlier, I like kind of being steeped in, you know, the, the, the prose. I think it's, and it's something that you have to be ready for because if you're expecting fast action or whatever, you know, it's, it, it, it's a little slow getting started, but I think that's its appeal. Um, and I've just fallen in love with all of your characters and I feel like they're friends of mine. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, you know, especially, uh, I just think. I really love uh, the you know I take my hat off to you, Jaunty Hat, do -do -do <laughs> and Rook, uh, um, and and Faithorn. Uh, those guys are just amazing. They are so much fun to listen to. Uh, I don't know where you found those guys, but man, they just really pull the parts off. And uh, I love the gal that plays Leah. Um, she's got a, a great little accent, and uh, um, uh, and boy, she's really got a ton of lines. Wow, and she does them all really well. So. I like I like how she says Druffet Gross. Yeah. A very large amount of Druffet Gross. <laughs> I had to invent something. <laughs> it's uh well uh, hey, you know, it's a little bit like pipe weed. Right? Yeah, that's a, uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. That was my inspiration. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, you don't want to say weed cuz then you, I mean, yeah. it's for young adults. You don't want to get them started on that. <laughs> oh. You're going to just totally take get the wrong idea, you know. Yeah. <laughs> However, if you, if you start talking to uh, Jaunty Hat in a conversation, you'll, mm -hmm. you'll think he's smoking some. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, it would, it would ruin my voice if I ever smoked, so mm. I stay away from it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't inhale. I mean, yeah, theoretically, I could inhale, but it messes up my sinuses. And, yeah. It's... I don't think it's very good for you, so it's probably best to stay away from it. Yeah, yeah. well, they, they've actually outlawed smoking indoors in Ohio, so... Yeah, I'm super sensitive now, because if you go in a restaurant, there's no smoking anymore. Well, back when I, I spent a couple months in France, I, um, I used to go to this uh, pub called the Irish Pub, which was in, the, in town. In France. Um, in France, yeah. Um, the French-Irish uh, Pub. What's that? It's the French-Irish Pub. Yeah, it really was. It was owned by a Frenchman, but he always uh, made sure that it was manned by people from uh, Ireland. Anyway, uh, in, 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 in England. And I went there a lot, made, made some friends there and stuff like that, and I didn't even realize it, but I got used to cigarette smoking. And I used to, I mean, I used to be, like, violently opposed to it. I'd get homicidal, you know, put that thing away. And, uh, I mean, if I'd smell just, just a whiff of it, I'd get really angry. 
I got used to it while I was there. It was just sort of scary, you know. So it, in a way, I smell it now, and I get a little bit of nostalgia because I had a great time over there, you know. So. At the pub. Yep, at the place. Yeah. I'm actually a, going to one. the pub. The pub. Yeah, they have a restaurant around here called the pub, and they actually the imported all their furniture from Britain, and it's oh, like themed and everything. Yeah, we're going there for work. It's gonna be fun. We've got a we've got a, a pub here in town called the Fox and Goose. Uh, it's in downtown Sacramento, and it's neat because they they actually they they have like just the walls are covered with trinkets. It's actually in a warehouse of all places, and um, they have like a, a a mannequin dressed up as a Bobby, you know, uh, uh, you know, one of the Bobby cops, and uh, uh, they actually got uh, these plexiglass uh, pieces that came directly from. Uh, uh, the underground itself on some of the trains. So they built sort of a place that you can sit with these pieces. It's pretty cool. It's a nifty little pub. So anyway, we, but we digress. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, the last question. Are you ready? Yes. I'm ready. And this is like I ask everyone this, so this is, this is a generic question since we've covered all the integral parts of your life that no one knows about. Yeah, or cares. Yeah. That 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 you want to reveal. <laughs> yeah. Time. <laughs> okay. So, what is your favorite scene or chapter that you have done? Uh, okay. Unfortunately, um, the the chapter number is eluding me right now. You probably know, but it's you basically can, you the can one do a chapter where chapter title or the subject of the chapter. No, no, it's it's the one where um, uh, Leah has just been captured. Um, Faith or sorry, uh, Rowan. Uh, is pacing around. He's really frantic, uh, and then he goes in and he confronts Siegfried, and uh, they get into an altercation. I just love that one chapter because Separation it just uh, the music you picked is really cool, and the acting is great. Um, you know, Rowan's like, "Come on, man!" You know, and he's just he's so he's so upset, and Siegfried just three sheets to the wind. You know, <laughs> and I just it's great. <laughs> it's a great scene. Those like in, immense like jealousy bar scene, and you had to have a little bit of punching in there. So yeah, that, well, that, that's in, the first. In, that's the first hint of, of violence in the production. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But what it's interesting is, is they wind up becoming fast friends after that. Yeah. Um, they they suddenly like. You know, Siegfried has nothing but good things to say about Rowan, you know, as they're dressing up as ladies and suddenly, like, they're friends. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah so but I that... have to understand there's Mira into the picture. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, by her description, she's a very attractive woman. So, yeah. Siegfried's kind of got this little thing going for her. And so he's realized there's more fish in the sea. Good for him. And then they've also, they're, they're kind of bonding because they've realized that, you know, you can't stay mad at someone when there's something bigger going on, which is obviously Leah's been captured. Yeah. They have to go get her. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, 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 you know, I mean, my personal preference, obviously, I'm sure you attended it, but come on, Rowan needs to be with Leah. That's all there is to it. Yeah. So good, good move bringing in a, another woman so Siegfried can be distracted. <laughs> but nothing ever happens too fast, so no one will know exactly what happens. Not even me, because I haven't written it yet until the end. 
Do you have an outline of where you yes, wanted I, to go? Or? Yes, I have okay. an outline for every single chapter. Yeah, that works. Yeah. But it's, it's great. It's like a, you know, it basically is a book on, you know, tape or book on CD or book on internet. Yeah, what I do so. with the, the actual novel is I write it, then I copy and paste it, and then I reformat it. So most of the text is there from the novel. And just some of the little things, like he said, and then he got up and blah, blah, blah. And you hear sound effects instead. Yeah. Well, that, that, that works. I mean, although, you see, you, ha you do have narration, and yeah. the narration there, and is some important. has to be there. Well, you get into the person's head with the narration. Um, so you can, you know, you get to, you, you see the point of view from Rowan when he's pacing around like the one scene we were talking about. And, and then, you know, Siegfried's talking later in a, another chapter about, you know, what's going on in his head. And, uh, you know, of course, Leah is always telling you what she's thinking, you know. So it, for me, that makes it far more like a book, you know, yeah. uh, but a living book, you know, an, an audio book, if you, if you will. Yeah, and it's a little bit different the way I wrote it because it's broken up. You know, the first, mostly those first two books are all from Leah's point of view, and then every other chapter in book two is she. Obviously, she's not there, and I couldn't write her like she was there because it wouldn't make any sense. No. So that's why it's like that. And there's actually a book that's written the same way, um, Stephen Lawhead. He has this uh, series about Robin Hood. And um, the second book is called Scarlet. And he's narrating to a monk. And so the monk is writing it down. And then you have another chapter where it's just totally third person. So it, it's kind of wow. interesting. Kind well, of interesting. It, it, you know, the, it also sort of reminds me of, did you ever see the... It's not a very good movie, unfortunately, but uh, it's the first Dune movie. It's uh, yes. by Dino De Laurentiis. It came out like in what '86 or something like that. Um, I've seen all the Dune movies. Well, what I what I liked about that movie was, you know, it's difficult to get into a character's head in a movie, so they just had everybody narrating. You know, you just you just hear them. You'd hear the thoughts in their head, which I thought was pretty cool. I kind of liked I liked that feeling. From the movie even though it had tons of problems um and also not to mention that the theatrical release was a was a disaster it was just impossible to follow with a million different characters and duncan idaho gets killed and you're like who's this guy <laughs> you know uh and if i hadn't actually i had started reading the book at the time and then i went to go see the movie so i had actually had an introduction to all the characters so i knew who was what if i had seen that movie without even reading the book, I would have been completely lost. I don't know how they expected. I mean, they made it into a miniseries later on Sci-Fi, and it's far better as a miniseries, far, far better, because you can really now you can dwell on some of the characters. Um, but I did like that aspect of the movie. Um, I liked the fact that you, you know, you, you get, you know, you get into the character's head, and um, and you know, each different character, you know, from Jessica to to Paul to even. Um, uh, uh, Who's the Fremen, uh, uh, the, the Fremen spy guy? What the heck's his name? I forget. Um, he's the guy that, that the Baron Harkonnen leaves to die in the desert. You know, pull, pulls off his uh, stilt suit. He's Fremen. He, he is Fremen. He has he has blue eyes. Rips open the, his stilt suit and stick and kicks him out into the desert. And I forget the guy's name. Um, but you even get into his head, you know, which I thought was pretty interesting. 
Yeah. Well, we, we don't go that far in Lady from Day, but oh. you you get the impression because even with Leah, she she's you know taking in the feelings that she gets off other people, so you can kind of tell how they're feeling. So. Yes. Well, well, that and and then also in the narration that you wrote for the for me, I'm talking yeah. you know from the point of their heads. So in a way, yes, they're not saying it specifically. But that could be an interesting way of. I've often thought about like how can you carry action in a in a in an audio. I, I want to write one myself at some point, um, and it's like so. How do you carry the action? And I guess there's a lot of different ways. One way is obviously have a narrator. The other way is to have somehow carry the action in the dialogue. Wait, you can't pick that up. Why can't I pick this object up here? You know that has a red blinking light on it. You know whatever. Um, or just straight. Or you. Which. What's that? Straight sound effects, but sometimes that gets confusing because you have no idea what you're hearing sometimes. Yeah, what do you unless it's unless it's something that's very well established, like Doctor Who, mm -hmm. you hear the TARDIS, you know what it is, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, uh, it, it in some or you could have the character think what's going on and you know think in in the sense that they narrate. And I thought that might like the the way they did the movie Dune. I thought, well, I could wonder if that would work. You know, who knows. So there you go. <laughs> the end. The end. Th that's all the questions I have for you, Doug. Thank you for joining us and your contribution to the production. Thank you. Thank you for having me. More cast interviews are coming your way. Visit www.ladyfromday.com and grab a banner to promote us. If you like what you hear, 